the host who's petitioned the state of New Jersey to legally change his name to Richard Slimmons. He's slim. This is your paper keg show. It's episode 209, folks. No, that's wrong. It's 210? 210. Lucky number 10. Fooled you. Paperkeg.com. Three friends get together and they read a comic book and then they talk about it on that show. Maybe they talk about video games that they're obsessed with this week. You know? Who can say? It's our show. Brian BKV Marcos Martin Private I That first host that you heard uh, give the wrong episode number. You know, he's been here for probably 200 episodes. You know, he's no rookie, unfortunately. He's a writer. He, according to his jawbone up stats, he doesn't sleep. You know, he's trying to get healthy, getting three hours of sleep a night. Yeah, that's going to work out great. Jonesy loves beer. Welcome back to the show. Well, you know, I had sleep until they introduced Arkham Knight into my life. You know, so it's not easy being a father with a, a long, demanding job and still find time for you at the end of the day. So I'm working. I'm working on it. But thank you for that uh, gentle troll into health. I appreciate it. Oh, boy. You're welcome final uh, living host we used to have a fourth host he was our dc historian now dead oh he's dc ceased oh my gosh good one that was a good one thank you i'll I'll take uh, any credit show writer everybody dale underscore ray the silver fox he's our vp of merch he uh he's vp of you know a lot of other things yeah yeah. You know, there's whispers of a paper cake pool party happening at some point in the summer. Who knows the status of that? We'll see what we can do. The uh, list of uh, VP titles is long and distinguished. Welcome back, the Silver Fox, Dale underscore A. It's uh, great to be back, guys. I mean, I, I not saying, but I'm just saying, I may have just got a, a $25 credit in my Sticker Mule account, so I'm just saying... What? Maybe in the near future there'll be a reprint of stickers. Uh, just give me a holler if you want one. Maybe in time for our August meetup that we have planned. <laughs> oh, right, yeah. Maybe we should just <laughs> leave the planning to Jonesy this time around for this Look, meetup. Uh, we all know that's a terrible idea. Because it's going to be at Harrigan's Pub, oh. where they allow smoking with a bunch of wood on the walls. How right. I like it. Only after a day of uh, horse racing at Parks Casino. In one of the VIP lounges, I hope. It's going to be some kind of... Yeah, I'll put out- him through the paces. 
It's going to be some kind of just grimy Irish bar with cigar smoke. When Jonesy walks in, you know, these alcoholics fawn over him. They pull up a seat. <laughs> And he just awaits for people to come over with grapes. Just drop they down his they recognize me as one of their own. <laughs> <laughs> a high honor, if there ever was one. Mm-hmm. But we have a big show, Private Eye, Volume One from BKV and Marcos Martin, probably Martin. Just gonna go out and go ahead and say that. And uh, we'll, maybe we'll see if we can get some updates on Arkham Knight status. Yeah, Jonesy's probably at 99%. And uh, there's huge news on the paper keg front for next week's show. Yidge. Too big. Dale is sweating about it profusely. You know, I've been thinking about this moment long and hard. Oh, God. And it's time for me to step back just a little bit, you know, and let the real star shine. At an amenity previous guest host you know one of the originals she's been here the whole time mm-hmm. she'll be taking my place next week on episode 211 i will not be on that episode it's uh it's it's amanda's time to shine your thoughts mark it down uh, jonesy mark it down 210 is the episode where it all started on ravel yeah so <laughs> when we're Place over <laughs> when we're like at 230 and we're like it was always our plan to do 230 episodes <laughs> Two time was the moment it started on. It came apart at the seams. You know, Jones, Jones, you've shown that you have the skill and talent to host this show. You've done it before. It knocked my socks off. I, you know, my chops are only second to yours, good sir. My wife Amanda will be uh, sitting in as the third host once more, possibly new recurring host. You know, who knows. But I think this officially will kick off our mm. summer of Alan Moore, mm-hmm. some, uh, because I think her book club pick will be Promethea by mm. Alan Moore. Now I, you know, I don't know Spoilers, if you guys... he will mistreat women in some way in that volume. Alleged. If you guys, I don't know, you probably were aware because we've been talking about it, but for, you know, it's always been our plan to do a summer of Alan Moore, so you know, we're going <laughs> to kick that off next week. <laughs> I'm just kidding. After that episode, I think, is the official start of Summer of Swampy. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be... Unless... uh, It's going to be awesome. Dale underscore can subvert it another week. (laughs) Stay tuned to the Twitter feed. What's... (laughs) How am I subverting (laughs) it? What did I do? And then I I think Amanda will then return for Volume 5 of Swamp Thing. I asked her what her favorite Swamp Thing volume is to come back oh, on and good. five it was out of her mouth before i even finished my sentence good i was uh hoping she would be back on for one or all of it because absolutely i know she's oh. so super fan you know she is she's always soming and who, who knows how the some episode the first one goes you know maybe she, maybe the the people don't want me back i know you know maybe this is the big moment they were waiting for <laughs> that changed their lives yeah. you don't even know these podcast that's, lives that's but how Slim you think in your head over there so it was you know, and getting out of those pantaloons. Mm-hmm. He's just so ready to not be on paper gag. <laughs> what does unzipping my pants have to do with not being on paper gag? I'll get there. Show writer. <laughs> <laughs> you don't, I'll be in the background playing Arkham Knight, probably, for <laughs> one of those Swamp Thing episodes. Oh, man. God. I it all. Listen, you know what? We'll get through this. We're a team. 
you know, our staple of hit shows that come on on a regular basis, Book Jug, hmm. The Flap, <laughs> Tech Smoke, uh, and of course, Head Up by Paper Cake Proper. You know, we the people have enough content to get into. <laughs> right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's all we can do. Dale is just on the verge of a mental breakdown. He's about to collapse. Thought. He's finished. He's all, he's probably I mean, having some wild fantasy where he doesn't have to read books for this show. He doesn't have to read books for book jug, and he's it's probably like the most wonderful life he can don't, imagine. Don't try to reverse <laughs> engineer this into something that we all want. Mm. That's what it sounds like is happening. Uh, yeah, Stockholm. I'm being Stockholm over here. <laughs> Podcast Stockholm right. syndrome. <laughs> I mean, you saw the, the the internet was set on fire by the temporary return of Radio Free Echo Riff this week. I saw a tweet that there was another hot new episode out. I haven't listened to it, but I assume it's a hot episode. Mm-hmm. They're it's back. It's very surreal. Super surreal. Jensen, did you listen to it? Can I you did. comment and give us a report on this? It's Mike and Hans. <laughs> That's, it's gold already, I not, know. Not reviewing Minerva Monster. <laughs> well, the episode was Minerva Monster. Yes. At, uh, at no point podcast. did they review it. He's a podcast star in this scene, and he's turned into a director. He's a star director. So the episode is Minerva Monster. They don't even review it? Jesus no, they're... Uh, sorry, I had to take a swig. I had to whip my, uh, my whistle. Uh, they talk about getting ice cream for the entire 15-minute episode. And one small anecdote about Minerva Monster. It's very... Headspace. It's very Echo Rift, I should mm-hmm. say. I see. Okay. Like, can you deal with that? It's very, you know, Alesh caught right. at the end of Zero, if you want to get meta. I mean, super meta, super specific to the point. I mean, yeah, I agree. super. Speaking of, you know, if you are missing Slim next week, probably just tune into Twitch TV and he'll be right there, front page, and he will not be more than a stone's throw away from your TV. I actually don't think I have any doors. Twitch Twitch things oh, scheduled for okay. San Diego Comic Con. Yes, he is off of the show for San Diego Comic Con. Spoilers: he he does work in the industry, so that's why he's you know he's what you call the disclosure. insider. Yeah, of the disclosure group. or disclaimer: I work for Comicsology. Yeah, there you have it. Mm-hmm. Get it all out there. That's it. It's all out there now. Maybe maybe we can either get into Private Eye. Or we get a status update on where we all are on Arkham Knight. I, you know what people ask me, Slim? <laughs> How far is Dale underscore in Arkham Knight? How far is I Dale? I feel. I mean, I feel like whatever I say is not going to be good enough for whatever oh, reason. Uh, I am. I mean, are we going to get? Sp- I'm going to try to remain less spoilery. I have, I have concentrated more on Edward Nigma's riddles really? than I have the main quest but in the main quest i have currently um what have i done where you at did you discover the location of where he was broadcasting the, the, yes. the arkham knight okay. yes i did i did i infiltrated the tunnels are you in the blimps i i just got to the point where i have to the uh enter the docked blimp Oh, okay. That's actually where I am. I just I, I've been in the blimps and stags, but yeah, I had to I had to get his prints. Mm. Okay. 
Yeah, so I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm docking the blimps, and I've, I'm probably a little bit further ahead on the Riddler stuff. But once you start the uh, the island with the blimps on it, it's like hardcore heavy artillery. Very unwelcome for the Batman to be there. I think once I hit the blimps, I realized that I would finally have to do the upgrades. Because I was Batmobile upgrades. No, or? Bat, armor, Batmobile, oh, yeah. all of it. Gadget is super important. I'm going to part in the game now. Uh, I'm just about to face the Arkham Knight, but there is a Spoilers. part where that's not a spoiler. You kind of know you're, that's <laughs> the whole point of the game. Uh, you're in a tunnel. <laughs> got him. Where they uh, there's three drones in your Sans Batmobile, and Jeez. I never upgraded the gadget that makes the drones not be able to look at you. So essentially I walk into this room and get shot and I'm out of Wayne points. So I can't Wayne upgrade to, to what I need. So I'm uh Wayne it's Bucks. pretty difficult. But I the <laughs> Wayne, <laughs> Wayne Bucks. I have crossed off every side quest except for the fireman, the bombs, and the wriggler. So there but there's a point, point in the game where you can't pursue those because right. something happens. Which I didn't know before I started the last story mission, so I'm um, SOL right now. I'm in a whole there world was a of mission the other day that I was playing where I got dropped. I think it was the first thing of the blimp uh, story. And there was like 25 guards. And I thought that it was going to let me like tilt the blimp to like you know f him up first but there was like no secret trick to like fighting these 25 guards that i could find after like 10 deaths and i just had to like take them all out by hand does anyone remember that scene jenzy do you remember that yeah did yeah they uh oh, cape stun my man that's about all i got I, for it, you yeah i, I did the i ended up people. like yeah that was my i ended up like hardcore caping people and, and then, like, I couldn't believe, I even, like, turned to Adnamidia, I was like, I just took out 25 guys, did you see that? That was amazing. But it was nutty. And she just made a fart noise, like... No, she actually just turned and farted in my face. That's what she did. Yeah. That's her classic move. All right. I think it's time for BKV. Mm-hmm. You know, the the, pod, the Paper Cake podcast previously has been unkind to BKV. When we reviewed this, the Swamp Thing book club remember that remember that one? Oh yeah oh, yeah boy. i think we were all pretty apologetic we thought it was more we wanted alec holland we did and when we didn't get that we were we got not that emotional robot of a daughter that mm. nobody cared about just kill a whole family who gives an f because they were throwing out garbage or something <laughs> but uh private eye bkv is digital only for now originally pay what you want service this came out and set uh, a fire under a bunch of people's rear ends. They thought it was way cool. But what is Private Eye, Jonesy, by these two? So in the far-flung future, um, the police are the police, but the crime solvers and social harangers are the press. Uh, so reporters do the detective work, they carry guns, and they're basically the authority uh, in future corporate 
uh, strangled United States. So our main character, P.I., is a unlicensed detective, a paparazzi. You know, the word has transformed the meaning between now and then. And he is a undercover, old school Bogart private eye, but he's set in like a Batman Beyondish future. And the first five issues follows pretty greatly like the and this is a Mark Farrington term so I hate using it the story by numbers concept but it, it flips it on its head it's a private eye taking the the case of a pretty girl pretty girl gets murdered and he's left to unravel the mystery but uh, as we've been using this word a ton it totally subverts that uh, stereotype because everything that you think is going to go by the classic story gets you know twisted and turned and uh, all in the backdrop of this um, of this amazing future uh United States where you know the cloud they had this event called the flood and that's all the data in the cloud was hacked by somebody and everybody had access to everybody's uh what do you call it, web searches and bank account information and so you know, if there was a, put it in perspective, like if the President of the United States Googled, you know, uh, three-way with polar bears, oh everybody in the world knew that. You know what I mean? So it it changed the balance of power and balance of finances in the world, and, and it's this great cataclysmic, uh, cataclysmic event. And so people, after they're 18, are allowed to assume up to three false identities. And they could be anything from wearing masks to having bodysuits and holograms it's it's very interesting it's a, a a great critique on where we're headed and uh, as bkv uh is wont to do he just gives us incredible characters to showcase this world he's created um and i i caused quite a stir when i said and i'll stand by the statement this book is what transmetropolitan should have been just, it's it's apples and oranges. I'll see you guys later. Apples I just got a death threat. I just got a death threat via uh, Twitter. As much as I would love to continue my diatribe against Transmetropolitan, right? I could say and I could see that Transmetropolitan was Private Eye for when it came out. That's that would have been my point as well. Right. Yeah, you know, Jonesy, your your report, your retort to that comment, please go. I think I've said enough, and I don't want my family harmed uh, because of my opinions on what is considered a great book. And just because it's great doesn't mean it's for everybody. I don't know how Jonesy turned this into a Transmetro review. Any chance book he club? <laughs> Any chance? He, he likes to not. He likes to non stir up, stir up <laughs> Transmetro fans. He's like, hey, listen, I'm sorry, it, it's a piece of crap, but you know, yeah, people can have their opinions. What do you think about that piece of crap book? Hmm? I don't want to get an argument about it. Hmm? We, Jonesy, we know you like the back of our hands. I mean, Transmet is is like 16 years old, so some of the futurism in that book. Anyway. Dale, please, your thoughts. Private Eye. Uh, the, I, the world building in this, the setting is fantastic. Like the implications that 
the flood where for 40 days and 40 nights everybody had access to everything he tries to kind of um introduce that nightmare to the reader by like little one-offs like sentences by characters and one of them was like you know your your husband or your wife just having access to your google searches and how what like what sort of questioning or what sort of sort of a tailspin your life could turn into just by like the little nuances of everything that's connected yeah, all your, to this all your, cloud all your chats all your emails all your phone calls yeah as freely freely revealable as out of context as they might be or whatever it's just f- fully reviewable and people are going to certainly probably you know would jump on the opportunity to just check it out Destroy yeah i mean it's it's, it's remarkable that the world that the, the the setting is that and it's so cool that it's the it takes place touring the tricentennial so it's 2076 and i i, I just that wrapped around uh the how how the world, how America got to where it is now in L.A. And just the fact that these people are are just dressing up to their whim. Dress, they're dressing like fish or tigers or something completely abstract because they're hiding their identity now in, in the real world as opposed to just trying to keep incognito on the web. And it's, and just, part- it's just a cool, like, layer like a base layer to the story that this book takes us on. They and that part I thought was great in um outlining the main character of PI. And you know, a lot of things about him could be tropey. I mean, his um his special power is he's got something called the dream coat and that's like urban camouflage so instead of having like I don't know if you call it like a an identity. He just can become invisible, and instead of like a real convoluted mask, his identity is just a domino mask, like an old fashioned the spirit uh, domino mask. So it's like those in any other book will be tropey and kind of like okay, this is kind of stuff we'd seen before. But laying against this backdrop, this really foreign backdrop, those tropes are kind of like really highlighted and, and really made cool again. Mm-hmm. I thought that was just a, a great hodgepodge of things we had seen before and this totally new thing. We had no idea where it was going. Plus his grandfather was probably one of my favorite characters, which is would essentially be us, us yeah. when we're like 70 or 80. And it really changes your perception of how you view like old people at that time because it's, it is you and the grandpa the grandfather has like you know tattoos all over his body he's wearing an undershirt and he's trying to play like call of duty and he can't because there's no internet anymore and he's angry about that <laughs> and when one scene pi is trying to find information about where somebody lives and the grandpa's like just go on zillow.com and type in his address yeah. you'll find out in like two seconds <laughs> and then everyone's just like shut up grandpa no one knows what you're talking about yeah. because that like concept is gone already and it was just so remarkable to see that kind of a character in a different light and the bkv did a little segment in the back about his theme and his ideas for the for the series before it kicked off he talked about how like you know there's no more internet anymore so 
you know, what do people do? They like, they're able to live their lives and do whatever the heck they want kind of more freely and openly. Like people are going to sex parties, they're doing drugs and they're, they're, they're like, they're covering their identity with these masks in public. And I thought it was just a great idea for a book. And it's not, not just like the idea of a futuristic timeline, but he really goes deep in the theories about what life would be like in that era. Like what would people do? You know, what would, you know, journalists would be like kind of the role that they had in this future. And it was really gorgeous too. Marcos, his art was phenomenal. I love the colors in the book too. It really popped every page. The f- plus the format of the book gets talked about. That's all mm-hmm. widescreen. It's all, you know, widescreen format on your iPad or tablet. Which was gorgeous. I yeah. loved it. And I just got like so angry. I'm like that the industry is so stuck in the print ways that like god i'd really love to read more comics in this format and have artists do whatever the heck they want in this format and you know it'll probably never happen on a large scale but it was a treat reading this book on on a tablet like full screen like that sideways yeah i'm curious to um they at at an image expo Last week they announced the hardcover edition, so I'm guessing it's just going to be a, you know, a landscape hardcover. Mm. Oh man, I want that mm-hmm. so bad. I want that to the degree you want every other hardcover. <laughs> the yeah, the widescreen format just uh, did great for just visu- So Marcos could visualize like entire, you know, mountain ranges in the back of this city in Los Angeles at the t- it, which is where it's set, but. There's a there's one uh, page that I screen capped and it was just like beneath the track of this futuristic train and the the bullet train is like zooming by but underneath are all these like abandoned you know uh, 2015 esque train cars that are <clears throat> they're just like laying all over the ground and people have just turned them into like the slums where, where people hang out and do drugs and stuff and they're all pa- they still have power and stuff but it's just it was just like it contributed to the world building but in the format it was just a great mm-hmm. it was just a fantastic page in the widescreen format. I also loved how you know in this era of being disconnected how well actually before I make that comment I thought it was great how he you know thematically he really took a crap on people oversharing like, and the grandpa was someone who overshared his his life was an open book. He tweeted everything. And, you know, it's just really fascinating to see, you know, in print or in digital what could happen, you know, when, when you do too much of that. And that, that future was that. But the, the real badasses in the future, sans internet, are librarians and how they, like, keep all the information and they're, they're yeah. so valuable to everybody and... And it really plays a really key component of the story, but I thought that was really a, a smart touch about how librarians are like so vital to this new future. Yeah, and it's it's interesting. There's just the the system of the library where you go and you're just researching any any stuff that you research or you look up is just paper books and stuff because there's no internet anymore. So when a librarian wanted to um, recall the search history of a certain a customer of the the library, like all these pneumatic tubes started firing up and books started spitting out of uh, their the internet searches of this guy, the the head of the TV studio. And and uh, the the main like crux of the story follows, you know the the woman tries to find out, 
you know, her entire history because she she's I can't remember what her exact reasoning was because she wants to find out she something. She wanted to take a political office or something. Yeah, and then she gets killed and you follow this mystery person who's kind of the villain and you eventually find out that he's kind of super high up in TV, which I thought was hilarious how they like do this weird spelling for kind of mm-hmm. usual n- names that we know, but it seems like you know, his entire plot is to kind of roll back time and go back to what it was, which was, you know, I don't even know how you even do that in the, in 70 years in the future, which is pretty bonkers. Yeah. Which is with the total, um, inserting the plot of weekend at Bernie's where, you know, the engineer comes up to his office and is like, Hey, I found this anomaly. You know, there's something going on with this TV. I found out that what we're doing is we're putting, you know, actual cameras to to view the viewer in the TV rather than just, you know, dimmer sensors to dim the uh, the, the light coming out of the TV. And the head of the TV is like, really? Does anybody else know about this? And, uh, you know, of course he doesn't. So he starts to, to kill him, whereas obviously at Weekend at Bernie's, Jonathan Silverman and Andrew McCarthy did not end up dying, whereas Bernie Lomax actually Right, that was died. the director's cut. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I thought too was funny how the, the head of TV uh, even made another kind of topical reference to how he's like, oh, this is just that kind of hysteria when people thought we were recording everything they said into the TV. Which was a real thing that happened like last year when Samsung, it was revealed that in the fine print that Samsung would be like storing the yeah, information yeah. that you said to the TV because it was like, you know, it was like speech operated, which was pretty funny. And the total, there was total, I mean, I did get, I did get the, my hints of BKV political views in my, in my, uh, in private reading. eye in my reading, but you well, know, he's, yeah, he's like, he doesn't do the internet. Like he'll come on and use the panel syndicate account for a little bit or like the image account mm-hmm. and it'll be like a, an event. But I don't, that's why, like, even the saga, like, you have to hand write your letters in for it to be in the book. So I think he, it, yeah. it does come across, oh, like, yeah. kind of just how probably, like, Warren Ellis' Trans-Metropolitan, Jim's favorite book, you could see some of the Ellisonian stuff. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, you're right. Yeah. I'm going to a, in, uh, institute an official ban on myself. I am no longer allowed to bring up Trans-Metropolitan. We'll see how long that lasts. It's a self-imposed ban. <laughs> The um, yeah, but any of that, like this, the uh, there's the Schwarzenegger Hospital, because uh, the rescue chopper came down at the scene of the accident and stuff. It wasn't anything too on the news, like the American soldiers killing a pride of lions in Baghdad. <laughs> but you know, it was yeah, I was I started to get like tickles as I was reading the and the cl- by the way the cliffhanger was totally like son of a bee. I really wish we had time to read the the entire next volume which i think is a complete story there's no more after volume two Mm -hmm. i just found that out but a total cliffhanger at the end of volume one i was like oh man i'm totally buying this as soon as i can to finish it's funny it's funny timing how sometimes we do these book clubs there's always like something going on around the book club and image just announced they're doing a print hardcover of the private eye Mm -hmm. i wonder what would happen if they tried to do like a if they did like a print run of that book just in singles or something like how many sales it would get 
I don't think they've ever really revealed how many sales it got digitally. I assume it's a lot. Yeah, it's. I mean, it it makes sense for them to go with an image for image for the hardcover, but the fact that they're even able to partner with a publisher, even though image is like total creator mm-hmm. driven anyway, but it's it's cool, super cool. I'd, I'd be super curious though, since it is pay what you want. I mean, as long as you're paying Marcos, God. Yeah. And the colorist, I forget the name. Because he's really the main thing. Yeah. he couldn't do any other work besides this. So I'm sure BKV, I, I think he posted somewhere about like it did really well and how much it averaged per pay or like the majority of people paid, I think he said. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure he got paid first. He probably posted in some uh, handwritten moleskin that's on display <laughs> at some art studio. The only place you can go read his... I mean, don't, you you do have a uh, field notes as well. You're a field notes fan. Oh, yeah, I'm a big field notes fan. He has one of my field notes notebooks. You're welcome. Oh, that's right, Brian K. He's listening right now. He's, he's, listening right now. <laughs> he's got some kind of AM ham radio transceiver that's getting the feed. I do. He's, I I mean, I I I love the idea of field notes made in the USA. Gorgeous you know, palm size notebooks. And I'm like all ambitious. I'm going to start using these things. I use it for one, you know, project or organizational task and then just falls off. Like, what am I going to use this notebook for? I don't know. Do you prefer it over moleskin? Cause I have about six from work. Six moleskin? Expensive. Or six field yeah. I, I use, I use it all the time for, uh, like if I have interaction with employees mm. and they ask for things, I write down what they asked for, the time they asked for, what they needed. You know, and if any anything related hmm. to it, so because you have to, I have so many people that I work with. Someone might say, "Hey, did you cash out something for me?" And I'll have to be like, "When did you ask?" And they'll be like, "If it's not in this book, it, it never occurred." Oh, okay. What happens if you lose that book, Jensen? Yeah. Uh, I I mean, I'm up SS Creek without a paddle. But it was that book. I mean, your moleskins come in different sizes than the field notes, but I would I would probably uh, I would. To try field notes out jonesy it's a uh, their website would will make you fall in love with the the creation process of paper in a notebook and it's made in the usa uh, which is amazing to me two two questions then as we try to sell everybody on field notes during a comics podcast uh i love the fact that i can hold my place with the ribbon I like the fact that there's a folder in the back because i do get a lot of scraps of paper from people whether it's requests doctor's notes whatever go in that folder and there's a leather strap that keeps it bound so it's not getting crinkled up in my pocket does field notes have all of those things it's a negative on or that. any of those things no yeah no, they don't really they have a spiral bound steno pad but most of their notebooks are just like kind of floppy nor does it okay. connect with your favorite fax machine of choice jonesy or right. you know include a section for stamps if you need to mail something out uh, or a crank I just for your got vehicle. A, I just got a new book that lets me do uh, sticky notes, which is great. You have a trapper keeper in your back pocket when you go. No, to work? it's it's like uh, it's like the size of my hand. Hmm. It goes in my back pocket, and you just collect sticky notes in your back pocket. <laughs> no, it's it's like the first ten or so pages are are sticky notes you can tear oh, out. Oh, okay. Oh, of the book. That's nice. This is blowing my mind right now. Yeah. So, like, if I need to see someone or somebody's paperwork is messed up, I write a note. Please change this. I take the sticky pad out. Initial it. I fix it. So the initial like a doctor. 
and then I go. So when are we going to do Private Eye Volume 2? Maybe after... uh, We definitely have to do do it. After Summer of Swampy, maybe. That's our first book back. Summer of Some. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm summing up right now. But uh, I loved Marcos's art, and I I wonder what he's up to now. Because I guess, you know, Private Eye's finished. If he's going to go do, like, another image book or what. Or maybe it's been announced. I don't think so. Oh, they did announce that they're doing, like, a Walking Dead book, I think. BKV mm-hmm. and yeah, Marcos. Marcos. They're doing an arc what? of Walking Dead. Now, but is it going to be, like, a, I think it's a backup. It's not, like, the main story. Oh, okay. I think. That was the deal, I think. Uh, Kirkman asked why they haven't put Private Eye into print. And BKV said, we'll do it so long as we get Walking Dead. And then they, they made a deal. Kirkman. Probably, he probably whipped out a post-it Bobby note and K. attached it to Brian's face afterwards. See, this is why I don't like revealing personal <laughs> details about my life on this podcast. A la uh, Schwarzenegger in The Running Man. He, you know, he, he slapped this post-it note on the back of Kirkman, signed it, stabbed him with a pen. <laughs> Sent him off. You know what I watched uh, the other night? With Atnimity for the first time was War Games with Matthew Broderick. Oh, oh I haven't seen that movie forever. Amazing film. It's, yeah, it's pretty good. It is Matthew Broderick good. has like eight thousand dollars worth of commuter equipment in his bedroom <laughs> during that movie. <laughs> Private Eye. You know, there you have it. Great book. Panelsyndicate.com. You could Google it too. I mean, that's papercake.com. Check them out. Check them out. We got your letters I'm gonna open them up Farrington's gonna read them To you Letters at paperkeg.com You wanna shoot us a letter we'll read on the era uh, Our first letter Comes to us from a Friend of the show you could call Very exciting uh, he writes, uh, Viva the paper keg. Howdy. Uh, this morning on my commute, I tore through my Tuesday podcasts, and they all had ads, if not sponsored ads, about Amazon or Loot Crate. The actual podcasters are shilling some book they wrote or comedy show they are doing. Then I get to Paper Keg, one of the best-sounding, well-produced, and entertaining podcasts, and the pantheon of about 15 podcasts I listen to regularly, and you guys aren't selling, aren't asking for money. There's no Kickstarter, no Patreon, nothing. Just three dudes and sometimes an awesome lady talking about comics. More often. Taking their time and money, neither of which they have a ton of, to put a weekly quality product. I know podcasting isn't cheap. I've tried to start one once or twice. Uh, I know fatherhood leaves you with very little time. I do that too. So I know it's been said before, but... Thank you. And that's at very exciting on the Twitters. Thanks. It's a great letter. Yeah, that's very sweet of you to say uh, very exciting. It started as, you know, we're just, I don't know what it is, but we just kept it going the way it is. It is what it is, you know? Thanks for the letter. It's amazing. I mean, and what a time to be alive in its last leg of life. (laughs) You know, in the throes of you know, of death. Amanda will bring new life and vigor 
to the Paper Cake Podcast as she did when she helped launch it. You know, way back yeah, when. way back when. My gosh, and when she was on all two hundred and six episodes before I arrived. Ten, odd eleven. Just thanks for giving a chance to a long time listener. I just really appreciate that. Next up is uh, our uh, semi-regular intern report from our friend, intern of the show, Matt H H. Double H. Hail and well met. Some in, first, some intern business from the Batwoman episode. Slim was trying to figure out who J.H. Williams' flashback art reminded him of and came up with David Aha. The artist we were all actually reminded of was Rucka's Gotham Central collaborator, Michael Lark, whose art in turn reminded us all of Asterios Polyp's David Mazzucchelli's early work on Daredevil, Reborn, and Batman Year One. That established that style. Aja's art... Definitely has some similarities, but I'm willing to bet our brain bet our brains agree on this. The writers on the subsequent Batman Volume One title were J.H. Williams and Hayden Blackman. That's from the uh, New Fifty Two. If I recall correctly, hashtag R.I.P. Mark didn't actually talk on air about Robin Williams as the villain for the Dark Knight Rises <laughs> initially, though you bashed him relentlessly for multiple episodes to come. Yeah, I. I did think about that while we were talking about it live, but I didn't. I forgot about speaking up. It didn't matter. Well, I think I, I think one of us did say Jonesy thought it was on air, but I didn't think it was. Yeah. Who knows? You know, Jonesy pr- wasn't there at the time, so he, you know, he was just trying to recall what he'd heard. What, you know, what <laughs> the both of us and Amanda and Mark were talking about. <laughs> Second, any chance? Um, uh, I'm sorry. I don't. And the last point. I don't think you guys spent nearly enough time talking about how amazing J.H. Williams' art was in this book, especially the double page spreads, and they were fantastic. Yeah, I think maybe we tried to talk about it, maybe got quickly sidetracked, but his art is gorgeous in the mm-hmm. book. Mm-hmm. Second, any chance for a paper keg meetup at San Diego Comic Con? I'm going to be attending for my very first time ever, Friday to Sunday, and would love to buy a yard of beer for any keggers who were there. I just Dale was actually just booked. I just flight. went to kayak.com and booked whatever I needed to book. <laughs> Listener lightning round, day tripper. Hmm. Absolutely gorgeous and heartbreaking. So sweet, with moments of pure reflection that reminded of the quiet segments on many a Samurai Jack episode. Hmm. Chow, hmm. your friend Matt HHPS, is the private eye coming to Comixology now that Image is publishing it? Oh, that's a good question. That's a great question, actually. PPS, I met Rucka last night and had him sign my book. It's time for another Rucka keg. And he included a picture of his Queen and Country number one, signed by Gregory J. Rucka. Mm. Wait, is his initial J? Do you know that? His middle name is Jonesy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Little known facts. Spoilers. Oh, you guys! Uh, Everybody will know that once the flood hits for forty days and forty nights. In the oh boy, we're effed. <laughs> uh, 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 our next letter. Oh, we are we well, even going to comment on his Jonesy. letter? I'm sorry. I, 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 you know what? I apologize to the show intern, Matt Double H. His official Jonesy apology for uh, <laughs> for not for steamrolling your letter there. Um, Is that a letter from Dragonfro that just came in hot? Is that why you were uh, straddling? No, it but he very did quickly? direct message me the other night. 
and say he was okay. He just needed some time off the social media. Hmm. Yeah, so he's well. Yeah. Good. We thought he was dead, so that's a plus. Uh, Day Tripper. Hey, I heard you guys talk about it on the podcast once. I thought it was great. Uh, I really thought uh, at Dimitri's insights were mm-hmm. truly yeah. uh, spot on. Yeah, I don't think, I think I might be the only paper keg uh, brain trust member going to San Diego unless Dale, uh, his his reservation just came in on Gmail. Mm-hmm. You know. I'm confirmed. <laughs> no, yeah, that would be amazing. Unfortunately, I think Matt HH is a Californian or, or West Coast. And yet Matt... Will uh, Matt, somebody named Matt, will be there? Slim will also be there. You know, sorry. I will be there. I don't. I don't make any. Uh, I, it's hard to meet up with anybody at the con, but we'll keep. I'll keep my one a.m. open for Double H. My one a.m.s. I mean, Let's even when, happens. even when the uh, you know the paper keg hosts are out at a con and uh, Slim might be working there. Jonesy and I are just left fiddling around until Slim, you know, Slim's at rubbing elbows at some party on some side street Te- in Manhattan. Texting us about it in a group text yeah. as we sit in the bar, yeah. just drink a whiskey by ourselves. I, I can't wait until, you know, me and my dear friend, Scotty Young, will be partying, you know, every night in San Diego. And it's just going to be magic, you know, friendship. And it's just great times. I wasn't going to ask, but I I figured. I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. You know, speaking of friendship, Baltimore Comic Con is right around the corner, it feels like. Yeah. It's close. You know, we're, we'll all be there. Two months. All of us. Two months, boys. Oh, gosh. Two quick months. Wow. Yeah, so if you guys, you know, update there. If you guys are going to be in Baltimore, hit us up. Oh, I boy. will most likely... Be wearing a uh, Revenger shirt one of those days. Spoilers. Ooh. Okay. Is uh, Charles Fordsman going to be there this year? Do we know or do we not know that? Guy's a mystery. Wrapped in an enigma. <laughs> a mystery. He, Who knows? Mm. Guy lives in East Bumble, Pennsylvania, I think. I know. Sure, where does he, he live? Karate Chop will be there. He lives in like Massachusetts or Rhode Island. <laughs> this is the second time <laughs> I think you you thought like, he was he lived in I PA. think because he goes to the like... Reading Comic Cons. I just assume he lives out there. He's always tweeting about some kind of Western Pennsylvania Comic Con. I feel like that's inaccurate. Uh, our next Check letter. His Twitter feed, <laughs> and I will be confirmed. Uh, next uh, letter entitled Checking In. Uh, hey guys, it's been a while since I've written. How are you feeling? Is Jonesy okay? Ask him if he's okay. I assume he's good. So good. Uh, I've been listening to your shows and I hear your voices a lot. And if I fall asleep with my headphones and the tablet, your shows will continue to play long after I drift into the slumberverse. As a result, my loose visual approximation of you gentlemen have appeared in my dreams. Uh, Slim usually appears dressed in garb. Uh, the gra- Groucho Marx would. Ne- uh, whoa, I can't even talk. Jesus. Let me let me take that from the top. All right. All right, did you? Did I just get a Jesus wept from Dale underscore A about my uh, fumble here? <laughs> Slim usually appears dressed in garb Croucho Marx would wear if he ran a chocolate factory. Uh, Dale looks like a post steampunk peddler of tonics and tinctures with jingly jangly bits all over him, and Jonesy comes off as a distinguished gentleman dressed like a prolific, prolific best-selling author. 
the likes of Mark Twain, Oscar Wilde, and or at least Dean Koontz. Uh, last night, I dreamed we were playing a card game called Jiggery Pokery. And I, this is a really in-depth letter. Uh, in a smoke-filled saloon in the middle of wherever, and two frisky goons were accusing Slim of cheating. Uh, Dale took offense and drew a weapon resembling an old hairdryer. Jonesy tried to calm everyone down with Twitter wisdom, but things kept escalating. Uh, I was waiting for everyone to fight so I could take the entire pot and flee the saloon. This is, uh, okay, this letter continues. Now, in a tremendous stroke of humanity, I decided to take a bullet for Slim. That's right. I did the whole thing in slow motion, yelling, No! As I lay dying in a pile of plastic coins and playing cards. Slim shook me violently and swore to me he would thank me for my sacrifice when I woke up publicly on the show. <laughs> so anyways, long story short, if you fall asleep listening to Paper Keg, you die in your dreams. This has been Doc Flux or Feed It Comics. I will write again. And that's from dear friend of the show, uh, Bradley J. Tim. Uh, you can find him on Skype at Spreezmo or his website, www.drfluxfluxx.com. Doc Flux is a is an artist with words. He does he does do the Feed It Comics podcast, and his soundboard skills are second to none. Wow! Yeah. So you have like a Jonesy loves beer soundboard, or like one of those Arnold ones where he just has a clip at the ready. Yeah, he has that, and he has a which I've 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 for I've been envious for a super long time, so I never talked about it. But he has like a voice modulator, so he turns in voice and sounds like a demon or or something like that and it's the most amazing thing ever it's for comedy it is bar none tops when are you going to get your voice modulator for underscore a i just went to a kayak.com to uh <laughs> reserve my co- my voice modulator oh boy what a show next week is that was the last letter yes that it was, was. Okay. Next week is one of the biggest in the history of this show. First time I will ever be on the sidelines during an episode mm. in history. Possibly our last show, everybody. Spoilers. Let's just see how it feels, you know? I mean, it's Let's always been it our goal to provide 211 episodes of a podcast. At Nimity, making her triumphant return, Jonesy Loves Beer, hosting once again... Dale underscore trying to make sense of it all live. We are next trying week. to reach the rock bottom of our numbers <laughs> and make 211 the least downloaded episode yeah. of all time. Please join us in not listening. Slim's not going to be there. Uh, yeah, okay. Mark has played. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> we'll see Swipe to everybody the left. next week for the summer of Alan Moore.
Texas, Tennessee. What do you think about that Apple Music? I didn't even do the update. Is that bad? No. It, um, my, my two pennies. Please. For, if you take Apple Music at face value, it just, it, it doesn't, it's not as in-depth as a service, as my recent uh, stint with Google Google Music, mm. just for finding things I may want to listen to. The For You tab is good and all, but it's very catered and customized for my musical tastes, but for somebody who often wants to just find something new that tab that tab is not really good for me whereas uh comparative to Google Music most recently you know they would have the uh like w- listening moods like what do you want to do are you you know are you working are you cleaning the house are you like not it's like funner than what i'm making it sound like but it had a way of drilling down to play some stuff for you that could be totally unexpected or you may be in a mood to listen to music but you might not know know what the mood is until Google Music sort of helps you. Hmm. Whereas Apple Music, it's harder to find that. Like you could start a radio station off of any song or artist but that's still not really the same thing as it does it i i totally agree the, the like just getting around the app is actually very confusing i use spotify mm-hmm. and it it's not as easy to get to like music that you just recently listened to or recently downloaded it's not super obvious but the variety in the stations for me is way better like I, I'll pick an artist and then listen to that station, mm-hmm. and I've been listening to a lot of new music that I've never heard before. Just by picking an artist that you like, I, to... yeah, like I listen to Fanagram Radio on Spotify, and I've I've been like hearing the same songs, mm-hmm. and I just powered it up on Apple Music, and I hmm. like ninety percent of it is like new to me and great. Oh, that's that's cool. I haven't really tried that yet because like i said i'm i'm still stuck in the well i don't know what i want to listen to Mm -hmm. and apparently it's not like if you like or heart a song like if you heart a song in apple music it doesn't change that station up to better suit you it just changes that for you tab oh okay that's what the heart is like i shouldn't have to like research that to find that out but um and I think the play more like this or don't play more like this is what kind mm-hmm. of adjusts it. Because apparently, like, all these stations are, like, human curated to, to at the onset. Which, which, that makes sense because there are so few of them. Mm-hmm. Just, just radio stations without starting your own radio off of a song or artist. Just their radio stations under the radio tab is very utilitarian. Like it's very genre based. There's uh, an electronic station. There's an alternative station. 
kind of thing. And that if, that would explain, since it's human curated, you can't have an infinite number of those kind of stations. Whereas, you know, on uh, a Google Music, radio stations could be really anything, the 90s, for example, mm-hmm. or... I did go into the, the news section. If you scroll down just a little bit, there's activities playlists, and they have, like, BBQing, breaking up, celebrating, dancing, driving, getting it on, running. Damn. So they do have that kind of, like, I'm doing this, so give me music for it. Okay. So what's the difference between this and iTunes Radio? iTunes Radio is, like, a small segment of Apple Music. But oh, yeah, activities playlists, I see. Okay. But it, I like as much as I love Spotify, and even though the music is getting repetitive, like I feel that artists are just gonna totally embrace this because there's they don't have a free option, so they're just gonna get whatever they want for Apple Music. But like the both Apple and musicians. The only thing, the only thing, because I did the only thing with the playlist is it's fi- it's a finite playlist. It could mm-hmm. be like an hour, or ten minutes of music. I see. But it's but it's a good start to help you kind of like if you're not if you're not sure what you're in the mood for Mm -hmm. yeah i'd just be worried about like if i had ever wanted to listen to so-and-so like radiohead tom york like his stuff isn't on spotify but it's on apple music i think i feel like i worry that that'll just be the norm like if i want to listen to this hot new album Mm -hmm. i'm gonna have to use apple music Hmm. like taylor swift's 1989 isn't anywhere it's i I mean that's very possible i guess Especially if Spotify, but without that free tier on Spotify, I mean, Spotify's kind of toast. I It's something to worry about. I'd be worried about it. Mm-hmm. All these creators just don't want to have to bother with a service that's like, you know, 80% of their users don't pay for it, and they're not getting paid for that music. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. All I know is that I just tweeted a photo of the top recommended station from Apple and it was feel like crying don't weep alone playlist by Apple music pop oh boy so it just knows is, yeah, that, so is that under the for you tab that was for me yeah just based on my hearts of the tracks I've hearted oh, recommended that it's real life yeah <laughs> <laughs> alright we got another show to do tonight do you want to end it there I don't think I've ever ended it on something I said. That's the perfect time because this is your last show, so. 